surprised friends, foes, near and nearer. Trista is out right now, and she called in me to take care of playing around with Playbook. We're really excited to be here. Ah, a lot to see a lot of familiar faces logged in. As you know, every Thursday we get together, we talk with one of inc- the incredible educators we know. This week we're going to be talking to the one, the only, he's about to come on live. Um, the one, the only, I'm going to tell you once we see his face, Ben Flox. We're telling the followers that you, oh, I'm going to wave. Ben, I think you just say you want to log in. Um, this is going to be a really great episode. I can feel it and get your questions ready. Uh, here we go. Ben Fox. Ben Fox. Sammy. The future is bright. Ah. The future is here. The past is here. The present is here. So normally we have Trista host, and a lot of people love that, but we have a guest host this week. So we're going to do things a little different, you know, see what happens. How you doing, Ben? Doing great, Sammy. How are you? Is this your first time on Playing Around with Playbook? This is my first time on Playing Around with Playbook and my first time ever going live on Instagram. Wow. But you've been on Instagram before. I guess you could say that, yeah. Awesome. So let me start with a little bit of a bio for the people at home that don't know Ben. And if you don't know Ben, you're crazy because we all know Ben. He's a saxophonist. He's an educator. He's a friend. Ben Flox, he's been captivating audiences around the world with his soulful sound. I can, I've seen it. People just, babies crying from emotional, old people saying, ah, you made me take me back to my first kiss, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> born, in, born in Santa Cruz, California. And now he's ri- residing in Los Angeles, California. That's right. But he was residing in Brooklyn. Ben leads his own groups and he plays as a sideman in a variety of other musical settings. He's a member of the smash hit ensemble, Sammy Miller and the Congregation. Woo, woo, woo. He's received acclaim for his joyous, entertaining blend of uh, music. Ben also has led his own bands at the Monterey Jazz Festival. Maybe you saw him at the Bern Jazz Festival in Switzerland. Ever heard of Switzerland, everybody? And uh, he's had the honor to perform with uh, so many artists. A couple here I want to name, Joshua Redman, um, Dave Brubeck, Antonio Sanchez. He holds a bachelor's degree from the New School, and he serves on faculty at the Stanford Jazz Workshop in the Calhoun School. He leads workshops in schools around the world, working with Jazz Lincoln Center and the Louis Armstrong House Museum that's over in Queens. Please welcome my one, my only love, Ben Flox. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Ben, it's, so an, it's an honor to be here. Let's start with our first question we, we ask all the greats who show up. What have you been listening to these days? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it's a toughie. You want to phone a friend? You want to ask the audience? Uh, I've been listening to more music than usual because I got these sweet uh, portable headphones over the holidays. So uh, been on the road a little bit with you, Sammy, and, and the crew in Texas and here in Los Angeles. Um, I've actually just been checking out for the first time in a while. I've been listening to Miles Davis's second quintet. Mm. 
with Tony Williams, Herbie Hancock, Ron Carter, Wayne Shorter, live at the Plug Nickel, and was listening to some other bootlegs today that I hadn't heard before, um, <clears throat> where the band sounds incredible, and they're reading each other's minds, uh, yeah. taking a lot of risks uh, within the music and freeing up uh, songs that maybe were more familiar um, I'd never heard him play it like that. Uh, Footprints mm. and ESP and some of that stuff. Uh, but I've been listening to a lot of a lot of different music. Uh, trying to listen to more music than ever before. Uh, been learning some traditional Mexican folk songs, and uh, uh, working with a few singer songwriters in Los Angeles too. Learning some of their music. Uh, so listening to that and uh, excited to get back on the road with the congregation and check out some new stuff that we're working on. Yeah. Is there any, do you find that during the pandemic in general that you've been like gone through periods where you don't want to listen to music or have you been like wanting to listen? Like how has music dealt, been involved in your life during the pandemic? Uh, it's, it's been, I don't know. Everything was unexpected and, uh, so I think there have been a lot of challenges and I, 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 I'd like to reflect on it more. I think my relationship with music has certainly changed. Um, when the pandemic started, right off the bat, I decided to kind of uh, try to share music with people more than I had before through this kind of medium on Instagram. And I played a song every day. Oh, that and, was amazing. Yeah, I remember that and and uh just put it out there and whereas maybe before i would have been afraid or thought oh my saxophone isn't going to sound good through this phone microphone or um i just went for it and that that was a powerful moment because it was um it, it made me happy to see how many other people were happy to listen to these beautiful old songs yeah um and yeah i think during the pandemic in terms of my musical relationship, I mean, something I've missed a lot is hearing live concerts. Mm. Uh, and I moved out of New York during the pandemic too. So I miss going to the Vanguard. I miss hearing music at Lincoln Center. I miss go going to shows after we play a show and staying out late and all that stuff. So that's, there's been a big absence of that from a lot of our lives, I think. But mm. um we're all feeling hopeful these days that we can get back to it. And we are, we're already starting to. So that's, that's been great to get back in schools and back in some clubs and back in some yeah. old bars and back in some theaters and just uh, sharing music again. See, it's so important. I see some friends here, something about Umbria jazz. I think it's Italian. I don't read Italian, but there's a heart. So I think it's positive. Thank you for that. The, uh, we the love Adoro. you, Umbria. Yeah, we love Ben, you say something in Italian. Uh, Shame yeah. on you. I see Mickey Smith <laughs> Jr. is here. We're glad, we're glad that Mickey is here. Mickey, what's going on? He says he's going to watch until that flight attendant goes, uh, you got to go airplane mode. I just say, yeah, it's airplane mode, and I keep watching. I want to just give a quick shout-out moment to, to just shirts in general, but the specific playbook T-shirt here I'm rocking. Nice. We, 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 we now pause this interaction for people. I know a lot of people have been asking, can I get a play, playbook t-shirt? We got mugs coming too. Uh, I'm going to ask you now, Ben, about, you, you know, you grew up in, in San Francisco, in, sorry, Santa, San, the Bay, I should say. You grew up in Santa Cruz. It's a very rich musical area. 
And I know that Stanford Jazz was a very instrumental in your development as a musician. Can you talk about, you know, going from being a, a student in a place <clears throat> and then now you, you're a faculty member, what that's been like to, to be on both sides of that? Sure. Yeah, I was, I feel so lucky to have grown up where I did uh, um, around the people that I did. And um, that, as you know, there's a wealth of incredible educational opportunities and uh, clubs and resources in the Bay Area, kind of similar in LA. I know uh, we had a lot of mutual friends growing up in high school. And so right away, I was able to start hearing shows at Kumbwa and then going to camp at Stanford Jazz and then playing with a big band at SF Jazz, mm -hmm. um, they're, they're, um, doing things through Monterey Jazz. There, there were so many um, resources out there where I could meet other musicians like myself, uh, start playing with them, start learning from them, um, to have the access to a lot of the elder musicians that played all this music, to ask them questions, to be able to um, hear them play and shake their hands and be around them was such an important thing. Um, who, who impacted you the most when, in that period? Was there someone who like, you're like, man, I want to do this when you heard them playing the saxophone? I had a bunch of those types of experiences. Uh, I think I had a teacher in Santa Cruz, his name, I had a bunch of amazing teachers in Santa Cruz, but um, there's a legendary educator named Ray Brown. He was a trumpet player, played with Stan Kenton's orchestra and I, had a chance to learn from him. He, he was um, uh, an incredible educator, but really supportive of the whole jazz community in Santa Cruz and taught all these incredible musicians that grew up in the same area that I did. Um, and then I started going to Kumbwa and I heard Joshua Redman, I heard Pat Metheny, I heard Chick Corea, I heard Brand from Marsalis, I heard Michael Brecker, Kenny Garrett. I mean, you name a musician, I heard them play in that incredible room that, uh, is uh, has some real magic to it. And then I started going to camp at, at Stanford Jazz and had so many um, important experiences there, learning from Charles McPherson and Jimmy Heath and Junior Mance and um, other um, educators like Victor Lin, who, who I had the opportunity to work with in, in New York City and uh, also meeting people like you, Sammy. I mean, I met a lot of my best friends who I play music with to this day um, through SF Jazz and Stanford Jazz and yeah. and and these experiences, so so that was re really cool. Mm. Talk to me about New York. You know, a lot of people who play jazz music or want to be involved with it thought, "I got to go to New York, New York, New York." And you went there. Do you think that's important for young musicians out there? Does that seem like for your in your development? Was it? Could you imagine not having going there? Do you think it was important? Uh, I wouldn't trade my experiences in New York for the world. I think it, uh, I loved it and it still feels um, odd to, to say that I don't live there anymore. I was there for 11 years and um, that's when we started playing together, Sammy. Uh, I think before I got there, I had a lot of people whisper in my ear like, Ben, this is great. You're shedding, doing your thing, but check out New York. Like if you, if you really want to, it's worth it. You should go. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm glad that I did. I, I don't think you have to. But depending on what you're looking for, um, if you visit New York, if you're thinking about studying there, maybe for college, or maybe you're done with college, but you still, you hadn't moved to New York yet and you're thinking about it. If you go there and you feel that magic, if you see the, the city skyline and you, mm -hmm. you, know, you get goosebumps, or if you go to the Vanguard for the first time and you can feel the spirits and the, the energy in that room, um, it'll, it'll, bring you in and you'll get hooked yeah, and you'll, yeah. you know you can, you can 
stay there forever. Uh, I think New York is so beautiful because it's got people from all over the world, um, not just musicians, but everyone's doing everything at such a high level and everyone's very driven, passionate, and, and is, is there because they love what they're doing, not because they love riding the subway every day, I don't think. And, and dealing that's with traffic on the I BQE. That's why I do it. I love the traffic. That's why I did it. Yeah, I exactly. couldn't get over it. But, okay, talk to me a little bit about people going through ups and downs. One of the questions we always ask, and I love that Trish asked, mantras. What do you tell yourself when you are feeling, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a student, whether you are nothing, whether you're just being and you're a, a yogi, or I don't know what, how do you stay positive? What's your mantra? Well, uh, I, I try to be as positive as I can all the time. And even during the last couple of years when it's been difficult to be positive, um, I always tried to find something to, to get me through it and to, to help others get through the time. I think music is one of those things that can be shared and something that, that you can use almost as medicine to try to feel better, to try to get through something that's, that's, um, that you're struggling with, that you're not sure about, that you're confused about, that you're scared about. Um, I, I definitely turn to music in those moments um, if I'm feeling down, if I'm feeling sad, sometimes I'll listen to music that, that maybe has a certain message or um, expresses a certain feeling maybe that I'm feeling so mm. that I can relate with it and I can kind of use it to help, help me process my thoughts and then move past that. Um, another thing that I turn to when I'm feeling down is nature. So I love being outside and trying yeah. to find some peace, some quiet, some, um, some relaxed moments um, through that. So I'll take a walk or, um, I don't know, go for a bike ride. Or these days I'll walk my dog in the park. Um, Totopo. And, uh, Totopo, that's right. My, my beautiful doggie. Uh, and, I mean, I'll always remember why I'm doing what I'm doing and try to think about the good things, think about um, – something maybe that's the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, you know, if I can't play music with my friends right now, we'll find a way to do it digitally. We'll find a way to share in these, in these other mediums. And then when we can, again, it's going to feel that much better to get together in a room and, and to share these sounds and these feelings and these experiences that we've all had. Mm. It's, I see some musicians coming in the room. Always great to see saxophonists some trumpeters, some folks coming through. Hello, hello from the Playbook fam. Last question I want to ask here, Ben, is uh, this is playing around with Playbook. Why are platforms like virtual platforms like Playbook important in this time? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was alluding to that just a second ago, I think, especially in a moment like we all experienced recently where we maybe can't get together. Um, these virtual platforms allow us all a a space where we can still share, we can still learn together, we can still laugh, we can still cry. Um, maybe we can't necessarily give each other a hug, but I mean, we can share these memes. We Hugs can, weren't that fun to begin we with. We can put that. emojis in our chats. You know, there, there are ways that we can at least try. And I think with playbook and, and things like that, I mean, there, there's a lot of different aspects 
to this virtual learning that remind me of, of ways that I, that I learned myself when I didn't have a cell phone and I didn't have, I wasn't using the internet to learn. Um, we've talked about this a lot, Sammy, but the, the way that I learned how to play was by listening to records and playing along with them. Mm. That was a big deal. And with the playbook platform, you can play along with these recordings and it gives you a lot of flexibility to uh, listen to specific instruments and kind of dissect certain aspects of the song. So mm. um, that would have been a really useful tool for me when I was, I had my CD player, portable CD player, and I was holding the rewind thing and had my headphones in. Um, that was in it. We have a lot of tools at our disposal now. I think that can be dangerous too, because maybe you don't know where to start. Maybe it's overwhelming or um, there's just too much out there. And so I hope that platforms like Playbook and educators during these times can um, just do our best to, to guide the younger musicians or new musicians to steer them towards the recordings that we love and the methods that we used in order to, to learn and the methods that we're still using to learn um, mm. because um, that's the only way that we can keep going is by sharing all of these um, tips, all of these stories, all of these ideas that we, that we have uh, to younger generations and also with our peers and, and just um, that, um, that exchange of knowledge and experiences, I think, is a big part of learning how to play music, too, because you learn from other people's experiences, you learn from your own, and that allows you to express new feelings and new sounds and new things through your music. Uh, so... So we got to keep doing it, whether it's digital, whether it's in person. I don't care what it is. Music's going right. to music. Music's going to help us, and music's always going to be there, and it's going to be something that everyone can uh, can enjoy and appreciate. Folks, you heard it here first. Ben Flox. That's at Ben Flox. Go follow him. That's B N F L O C K S. If you don't know, now you know. Ben is I I. I I feel so fortunate to have made so much music with Ben in my life. One of the most special sounds, one of the most warm hearted educators, just, just, uh, just a special soul. So Ben, thank you for everything you do from everyone here at playbook. Trista will be back next week. In the meantime, follow Ben. We'll be down there at TMEA. That's February 9th through the 12th. We'll Woo. be in jazz, Texas playing in San Antonio. Ben will be there. Ben, bring your Can't boots. Wait. Yeah. And, uh, from everyone here make sure to keep keep up uh with with playbook at at playbook jazz if you don't follow us but thank you for joining us we hope to see you again next week on playing around with playbook thanks sammy the feelings are mutual and thanks everybody for tuning in hope you enjoyed it and, and we'll see you out there one of these days can't wait bye-bye <laughs>